Can't move. Oh yeah, we're talking about um, eating. Talking about uh, <laughs> eating edibles and how it uh, it kind of messes with you, you know. It, um, it sure can. The edibles, like if you get like a if you get like for example a, a candy bar that your friend Steve made, that's a edible. You know, if you take like how do you know Steve? Steve, everyone knows Steve. He's the guy to go to. And if you just have one piece of that bar, it's not evenly distributed throughout the candy bar. So if you have like one piece of the bar, like you might feel nothing. But if you have like another piece, you might feel like you're hit by a marijuana train. Wait, you're telling me Steve doesn't follow ISO 9000 regulations? He, he does not follow ISO 9000. Steve, Steve could give a hoot about regulations. Steve on the corner. I'm disappointed Steve no. from the corner. <laughs> but everyone has a Steve. You have a Steve, Steve's don't you? nice. Yeah, my Steve's name is not Steve. Yeah, well, regardless, he is a Steve. And does he give you like good like like candy bars? Like, does he give you like candy bars? <laughs> like, 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 no, I'm not really quiet. Like, like, no, I'm just like wanting. He doesn't eat. give me candy bars. No. Oh, okay. I buy candy, From? but not like chocolate, not candy bars like that have no candy like, like gummies. Like gummies. Everyone's doing the gummies now. Everyone is easy to transport. Easy to transport, and it's tiny. Yeah. But it, like I said, if you have like a little bit of the gummy, it's the same as eating the whole thing. Like it's not like. In my experience, eating a little bit of something usually isn't the same as eating everything of something. It's no. Eating but a wing of a turkey does not feel the same with, as with, eating dude, the entire I had the, turkey. Dude, I had the Delta 8s, man. I had the Delta 8s and I had like a little piece and I felt like I ate the whole piece of candy. You know Maybe you're saying? just susceptible to marijuana. Uh, that might be it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like um, they would only the sell thing. the little piece if that's all you needed to eat. No, I think James onto something in the sense that there's no true regulation for there these types of like pseudo pharmaceuticals. I'm gonna call them, but yeah. And by consequence, you don't know how precise this batch was made or and it, it doesn't follow iso 9000 for those nerds of standardization out there i'm um, not a nerd of standardization what is iso 9000 iso is just a, a standardization FDA? group no they're called iso like they're manufacturing mm, uh, like a terrorist organization no <laughs> I mean, like it, according to some manufacturers, they are a terrorist organization, but no, they're, they just uh, evaluate and study like quality control stuff. Um, like how many parts per million are within code, within uh, the designs of the drawings uh, that no, you actually And made. these days eating one could be like eating like 10 because it's not regulated because they're putting all the stuff in there and there's no regulation. Well, they're just, they're just making a big batch and they're yeah. pumping it out. Whatever they're they not, get, they get. Yeah. I don't think it's maleficent or anything. I just think they're half-assing it <laughs> yeah. you get what you get kind of thing so anyway uh no uh speaking of getting high though i uh and having an awesome time uh this is the jojo geo podcast my name is james my name is jordan and i'm jordio 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 have you been eating delta have you been eating delta eight no i got into this booth 15 minutes ago i'm like an hour ago. late because yeah. the meeting with the chinese went longer than it should have dude you had a meeting with the chinese we were talking about the chinese uh, earlier before you got here we were talking about tiktok oh yeah and how and they like it's it, it beat tiktok beat youtube and facebook and all that for views in the whole world by 20 percent 
Yeah, TikTok is uh, a force to be reckoned with right now, isn't it? It is very because entertaining. We, we don't have time in our busy schedules and we can just like sit down and watch little tiny clips and that's why it's so good. But it's a lie, right? Like they, they disguise themselves as little tiny videos, but then you look up and suddenly you're there 40 for minutes went by and you yeah. learned nothing and nothing is virtually changed in it's your the life. Same thing as YouTube. Same thing as YouTube. It's just well, YouTube is if I watch a video for 10 minutes about a subject, chances are we'll come out with something about that subject. But with TikTok, you come out with nothing. Is what no. Cause I do the same with YouTube shorts. I'm not a TikTok guy. I did you I do YouTube shorts, which is essentially the same thing. And I start YouTube shorts because, Oh, there's this one guy I like to watch. And then there's a bunch of ones I don't care about. And suddenly 30 minutes went by and did nothing. And it's midnight now. And I could have slapped instead. What yeah. you do is get somebody else to just send you the best videos. What we should you do is just stop watching them. <laughs> yeah. Just take your phones and smash Why them. Why not like do our writing? Like the you're supposed yeah. to do oh, it. Oh, and then come here to get called out. <laughs> I, wish, now you're making me feel I thought that was bad. the entire point of this is to keep <laughs> each other accountable. And oh, yeah. Look, everyone drop your pens to all of our listeners. Just go on TikTok right now. Please don't go on TikTok and keep listening to this podcast. Yeah, no, <laughs> we'll, we'll, eventually, we'll eventually have a TikTok for this podcast with little tiny shorts that will actually give you something productive. It's going to be Jajo Geo 3940. That's the new TikTok handle that 3940. we just 3940. 3940. definitely established. Little 39, it'll be little 39 40 second clips that just like give you writing tips. Writing tips. Yeah. In What's a good writing clip. tip that we can give out this week? What's our theme this week? I saw Jordan sending out oh, something. We I got read a none theme. of it. We do got a our theme this week. Feelings are the this theme week. this week. Feeling, feel the feels. Feeling I feel too many of those yeah. feels. What do you sometimes mean? What do you I feel mean? none. What do you mean by feeling the feels? What does that mean? Like when it comes to writing, feeling the feels. Well, like, what do you think that means? Emotional writing or emotions in writing? Let's say, let's say both. You can take whatever path you want. Okay. Um, emotions in writing, humans use a lot of body language and a lot of pheromones and a lot of context to interpret what other people are saying Yeah, and capturing all that in words in a way that doesn't lose the, lose the reader is, uh, I think forever going to be a challenge for writers. It's hard catching pheromones and putting them into words. Like I, I have trouble putting pheromones into words. Yeah. It's just a difficult process. But you've managed somehow? I think I've managed, yeah, because my characters, <clears throat> excuse me, they interact with each other and they give off pheromones when they interact. And can, I sort can of. Can you spell pheromones for me? P H. It's a P H, not F. <laughs> P H E R. M O N E S. Pheromones. Or pheromones. Spanish. Thanks, James. That's Spanish. Readers, that's how you put pheromones into the writing. Yeah, that's how you Podcast number one, seven seconds. How do you spell pheromones? Yeah, exactly. That should be our first TikTok video. How to spell pheromones. Incorrectly. Incorrectly. And incorporate it into your story. We could have so many lessons about spelling words incorrectly. Luckily. Putting it incorrectly? Why would we. Wait, we're teaching people to spell incorrectly or correctly? I like the idea of just gaslighting our listeners and spelling <laughs> words incorrectly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pheromones. It's F always F been spelled without an O. So, uh, Jordan, I feel like you're the one who has the most experience with this. Have you ever written or read because you were in an emotional state that was difficult to process for you and you needed oh some God. kind of an outlet? That has been um, all of 2021, Jordan. 
Jordan got into a lot of self help books in twenty twenty one. I was thinking of like teenage angst Jordan, but you went to like last year Jordan. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, so middle school grown adult full man, grown adult Jordan. man Jordan got into a lot of self help in twenty. But man, do those self help books like do they really help yourself? Like in the sense of like I read them and I'm just like You're, wait I knew that like like a lot of it is just like I think it's a scam. It's, but you know most things that should you should do already. Yeah, we just don't do them. Yeah, but it's just like they, their selling point, like their selling point for these self-help books is basically like, look, you've been doing everything wrong, but read this book and you'll figure it out. We have the secret. So I'm like, okay, I'll read this book. And I'm just like, oh, I knew I should have brushed my teeth twice a day. I don't know, just like basic stuff, just basic stuff. It might, it might work for some people, but for me, my learning style being much more hands-on, reading about doing something is not the same as no, actually doing it, is it. I think self-help is like 90% of it's a scam. Some of it's good. Some of it's good. But like 90% of it is just like they sell their book by saying, hey, if you do this, which is read the book, then you'll be able to fix like the majority of your problems. But you yourself admitted that a lot of the things they suggest are helpful. It's just they were. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're helpful, but they're common knowledge. Common knowledge, like put your pants on in the morning. You know, that's like I knew that. It's put, like the, put your pants on. In put the your morning. pants on in the morning. Yeah, unless you're, you don't want to wear. Pants. I don't know. I think putting your pants on in the morning is a good idea. Yeah. What if you live morning. in a nudist colony? That then they're like, idea. That, then we're having a problem. We have some of then, those nearby. Yeah, that's where the self help book goes wrong. The issue is that um, reading and not doing something doesn't help, and you can convince yourself you're progressing just by absorbing knowledge about things and then yeah. never actually applying them. So what about writing instead? That applies that to emotions too. If you're writing the emotions and nobody's feeling these emotions that you're putting in the book, then no. Well, no, I understand that you're failing as a writer if nobody's feeling what oh, you're trying to I? transmit, but to use writing as a possible outlet for feelings. I mean, I feel like it's a very common practice, it's especially. Oh, are we talking excellent. journaling? Well, that's no, one way. No, of that's just one emotions, example. It doesn't have to be journaling. If, uh, I'm just asking you as probably the most experienced writer in this mm-hmm. small yellow room right now. Yeah, it's a yellow room. Yeah. With pictures of Jimi Hendrix everywhere. I guess for, Jimi Hendrix. What, what, what the question is one more time. Have you writ- written anything to process emotions or something of that nature that isn't necessarily journaling uh, that had more of a creative uh, uh, product at the end of it? Absolutely. Um, now that you mentioned that, and yes, in college, there was a few creative writing classes. Uh, poetry in particular was kind of where I ended up turning to that. Um, I processed some odd things that I hadn't actually settled from like high school life. There was some people I didn't really enjoy. There were some relationships that I resented falling apart. And I thought, well, I'm supposed to be digging out this source material. So let me try to write about this. It turned into a metaphor where I wrote about peanut butter and jelly and me and this one guy who just didn't get along. But because our friends were like the bread, we got pushed together anyways. And it's like, I made it a situation like, does peanut butter and jelly always want to be together? Or are they just there because you shove them together and they really hate each other? (laughs) That's clever, though. Stuff like that. I kind of like it because at the end of it, though, it's a delicious byproduct that the peanut butter and the jelly might not be want to be part of. But but me as the human that eats the sandwich, I definitely want them to be together. Yes. But not everyone likes peanut butter. A lot of people are allergic and can die. Yeah, exactly. So it depends who you are. 
yeah, that's why I referred to myself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it works for it works for Jordan, but I might be allergic to peanut butter myself. So. Are you? There is peanut butter in my house, and you live there now. Uh-oh. I guess I, I guess I'd be a dead man if I was allergic to peanut butter, which I am not. Yeah, I thought so. So I'm not allergic to peanut butter. So as much less experienced writers, <laughs> yeah. um, as equally capable writers, have you two explored any? emotional oh outlets God. for stories. So I, I do I, recall you having written, I know one story Yeah, where actually, you poured some funny. emotion into it. Yeah. I had a small rejection from one of our early participants in our writing group. Um, and I decided to write about that rejection in the <laughs> eyes of a, of an individual that I've never, like uh, I was having trouble identifying as cause I'm a, adult cisgender straight male and per, <laughs> what are your pronouns character he him the character i wrote about is a teenage gay <laughs> british girl <laughs> what <laughs> um but uh yeah it's one of the short stories i wrote but um yeah uh i forgot her name maria i think it was maria mm-hmm. fell in love with elizabeth i think it is yeah. and um yeah and uh or beth uh yeah it was beth short for elizabeth okay um, and she gets, she gets rejected in the same way that me, Giorgio got rejected by one of our group members. Uh, and it wasn't a big deal uh, in the same way. It wasn't a big deal to Maria. Uh, it was kind of like disappointing, but not tragic and just kind of like, you have to move on and pedal on, but writing it was fun. Cause it, I did know, I mean, I knew the feelings that I wanted to write because they were fresh in memory and i knew the storyline and i knew all the britishisms that i wanted to throw <laughs> in <laughs> as many as i could fit there like um, how many in it was <laughs> in it <laughs> and, and it may it was it was roundabouts and something else right <laughs> oh well, swing was, sets and roundabouts swing sets and roundabouts swing sets and, i remember that, that was one. a reedsy prompt actually that was the prompt yeah and so i wrote, I wrote about a swing set inside of a roundabout Mm-hmm. But that's good, man, because like the more emotional you are when you're writing, I think the more you can relate to the people who are in your story and you can give examples of how they would act emotionally based on the emotions that you're feeling. Yes. So I think the best thing to do is to write when you're emotional. I think it depends on the person. I'm a very, person to person, I'm yeah. a very emotional guy and I'm very I'm in tune with them. Uh, and I, I think I understand them very well. But uh, I think some people struggle to understand like what they're actually thinking and feeling. So it might not be ideal for everyone. If it isn't, I think exercise is best anyway. Try and do it. And what you're going to discover is that slowly and surely you're going to understand more and more your emotions as you write about them. Well, the worst thing that can happen is that you'll understand more about yourself because if you're like, maybe say you're mad and you start writing a story about, you know, in the state of being mad. Achilles. Yeah, Achilles. Yeah, exactly. And you see yourself like writing all of this, like all of this shit. And it's just like, whoa, this character is pretty mad. You find out a lot about yourself. Yeah. Maybe you write you know? something like some unheard of. What what could he do? What could, yeah, what could he do? Then you're like, just he like just slaughters somebody <laughs> accidentally. And you're like, whoa, you kind of read it back. And like, it's kind of intense. Starts beating up penguins. My dad upset. Yeah. yeah Achilles yeah, and penguins. Yeah. Famous Mediterranean penguins. He's, he's, slaying, he's slaying penguins. And you're just like, oh, holy shit. That's me. 
you know like i'm in the state where i just feel like slaying penguins and it's just like it's like oh my gosh i just learned something about myself and then you can learn how to you know like work on yourself from that experience yeah hmm. you can learn what is the best way to slay as many penguins as possible with a wiffle bat that's an interesting with a wiffle bat with a wiffle bat man. I was thinking it's like the a cutest sword. cutest thing in the world man like just cutest like, thing in the world dude, just like just penguins. like a wiffle bat that just like it's like boink 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 every time you hit it and oh it's like, i was thinking the, like an ice pick or like a an very ice large, pick like george was thinking about this like a zombie yeah, apocalypse yeah. but with penguins yeah. Yeah. yeah okay zombie penguins Ooh, that's a cool that's a cool idea for a short story we're zombie like, you penguins. go to the Dude. North Pole and you find these old yeah like we go yeah the North Pole, <laughs> Pole yeah. yeah that's how old it is the penguins are in the North Pole and zombified yeah. I like how about this whole I love story how I forgot that they are only <laughs> in the South Pole <laughs> the thing until... I'm surprised the most about is that they're in the North Pole <laughs> no global warming we find land in the North Pole and there is uh, no land the, in the North there's Pole. not even a little bit like that's not all. even an island. It freezes. I mean, it global. might be a small amount. I don't think there's any. Global, you know, warming, global warming freezes the ocean. <laughs> I've never been there. That's <laughs> true. How do you know? Yeah. Um, there is land under in the south. Um, the south uh, fine. It would be in the south, south pole. pole. It would be in the south pole. There's also it's penguins like, in the south pole. There are really all of our answers the, 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 are in the all south. Our pole. Answers <laughs> lie in the south pole in that direction. And yeah, it's just like we're there for a class trip, and like the the bus breaks down or something. Penguins yeah. everywhere. Oh, okay, so everywhere. were they transporting penguins, or did the penguins like stow away no, on the, the bus? No, the penguins are just live are, there. They, they live there, and we're visiting. We're, we're just stuck in a bunker, or essentially, the bus becomes a bunker it becomes as a it bunker. gets attacked by penguins, yeah. much like Jeepers Creepers one, just like remember. Jeepers Creepers that movie. Yes, interesting. So and we're trying to like send people out. We're like sending out the people we like the least. Like, oh, go look for food, and like they're like destroyed by penguins. Yeah, yeah, they're still squeaking. Like it's the cutest way to die. And one of them somehow survives. To do what though? You're in the South he Pole. Becomes, Where do you go? One becomes the, the penguin. He becomes the he penguin. Like he becomes one. This is the origin story. You know how I like making origin stories Bat of Bat already yeah. existing, yeah. already existing characters. Yes. yes. He the becomes penguin, what he fears. The penguin himself becomes what he fears, much like the Batman. Yeah, uh -huh. exactly. Okay. And that's how the penguin, uh, the character, the evil character, the penguin was born. Actually, yeah, that's yeah. how he became a thing. slowly becomes Danny DeVito. That is, that is a good story for how the evil uh, penguin from the Batman series came about, I think. He was on a school bus, on a in, school the bus in the South Pole. Yes, yes. It's not an uncommon exactly. tale. Very, very uncommon tale, I would say. So we're really all over the place. Tonight. I was about to recenter it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, interestingly, yeah, you proposed. We can, we can, we can. Exit, I, well, we, we I just, can, it just felt like we were in that. Uh, what, what's that game we we can't we play? I don't even yeah, remember. The, I'm so bad um, at this podcast. No, the uh, continue like um, tell the story like uh, bouncing bouncing a story. Don't we have a name for this? Yeah, story bouncing. We should name. We should have we did segments. Not name it. Story it was a story bouncing. bouncing. I made it. You just yeah, you just it. That's great. Well, just go with it, guys. And you say something with confidence, even if it's wrong. You, it, people will accept it. This is true, actually. Okay. I almost bought that. For I like will call you out. Don't, Georgia. We're on the same team here. We're on the same team we're don't call me out on my bullshit but i'm curious do you think that the author of achilles felt all the same emotions that the readers feel homer? or is it Had to. more about how you Hypothetically, write homer pulling out the right i think he either felt those emotions or he was around people with those emotions and so he was probably looking at those people who had those emotions and he was like oh my gosh this is what happens when you have like 
uncontrollable anger. I think everyone has experienced all kinds of emotions at some point in their life, especially as they enter ad- adulthood. It's it's kind of hard to go through your teenage years without feeling the the highs and lows of all these emotions. And, you know, Homer is kind of an idealized author, in my opinion. I think it was more of a concentration of authors. But regardless, like he I feel like he would know how to express those emotions. And I mean, the the Iliad, right? And that's where that's yeah. where Achilles is play takes place. Um, Achilles is the basically a personification of wrath. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I think it was a pretty apt description of what happens when you're wrathful. You destroy um, yourself. You become just dis- you destroy yourself. Well, you're just so blind to everything that you destroy the things you love most without knowing. Mm-hmm. So or that's maybe what, even caring out of control. Yeah, because you're blinded by rage and you hurt the people that are closest to you without realizing it. And I think that's what happens in Troy, right? Like, or during the invasion of Troy by the Greeks, Achilles accidentally kills. Uh, uh, his like um like his Patrick cousin Lees, or something it? huh wasn't patrocles was it Patrickles? i don't remember i have to be real he i had haven't a read that since college and yeah, the details are fuzzy the, on yeah they read but the point is, is that like his wrath destroys him and the people that he loves yeah and homer probably saw that he probably saw at least some example of that in his life and he's like i'm gonna make a character out of this but i think authors could write emotions that they don't necessarily have yes. upon the depths of because that's the thing as a writer you're imagining a lot of things that you haven't experienced especially if you're a fiction writer you can't experience everything no well maybe it's i mean not to go a little meta but you don't have to write about the emotion you just have to make sure that people understand what it is right because i mean actors act you know we've seen actors play murderers we've seen actors play thieves and all that i'm sure most of them aren't if like al pacino wasn't a drug lord right exactly al pacino was never scarface you know and so but a drug lord would be the perfect person to play a drug lord though like if they were an actor do you think a drug lord would perform well on camera if he was an actor, if he was trained in the art of acting. Oh, then yeah, he's, he's I, I, an actor I so. at that point, I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, everyone needs training. Everyone does. <laughs> so the idea is that these emotions, It is there no difference then between saying he was mad and going into a paragraph of the kind of depths of rage that he was experiencing? Because it... I know there's different writing styles, but at the same time, like there's some impactful moments whenever you can really dig into an emotion if it's deep. And I feel like that is lost if you just summarize it. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I think, um, one of the best ways I've read about emotions, I mean, the emotion itself isn't really described, right? It's more the actions that the individual takes while engulfed by these emotions that I think makes it the most understandable or readable by the the reader um on what exactly is the character feeling i don't i don't have so in my example of uh, mary maria excuse me uh trying to hit on this girl beth she was basically awkward and um a little bit out of her place when she was trying to hit on this girl because every 15 year old is awkward when they're trying to hit on somebody new Mm -hmm. but people uh, can relate to that people can relate to that it's a very common feeling it's a very common place to to, uh, the location and everything around it was kind of a common place you know you're alone with other 
teenagers. That's something that's everyone's kind of experienced. Oh yeah. So it's not on a new environment for the reader, so to speak, even though you might not have been on Iron Bridge. Yeah. Um, but the what she did, like how she spoke, um, what she did, which was she wasn't speaking clearly, she was uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um mumbled mumbling yeah Yeah. she was mumbling she was hesitant in her speech she was quick and maybe not very clear she wasn't uh and she wasn't eager to be there she was eager to leave but at the same time she wanted to stay so you had this this kind of this tug and pull about wanting what do what do you want in the confusion about these emotions and i feel like the fact that she was acting that way (laughs) is what best described the character's emotions in that moment not necessarily what she said because if you just read what she said for what it was she's just saying hello to a person and you might not be able to tell that she was actually trying to be romantically involved with her in some way hmm. because we do hide a lot when we're speaking and we don't always say everything that we are meaning or feeling so i'll say it's 90 of the time yeah as so as, a, as an author it's up to us to like explain what the person's state of mind is as they're speaking and I think, like you said, one of the best ways to commu- one of the common ways for people to communicate is with uh, gesticulation or or just body motion. And so, uh, as an author, you need to paint that picture. You need to make sure that the imagery of what the person is acting, what they're doing physically, is well translated in the verse, because otherwise, the reader will have will struggle to tell. How, what tone is this person saying things? How, what's the frequency? What's the beat of this person's speech? Is it he, the, the, because they're emotional or is it nice and fluid because they're cool and chill and they know how to deal with anyone and anything? Hmm. I would say so. And it's just like, it's people want to see something like that where it's like, there are things, for example, like when we can't, say all the things that we're thinking, you know, 90% of the time or whatever. But then we read someone going through the same experience where it's like they're talking and talking, but they can't necessarily like say everything that's on their mind. It's like, it's very relatable and it goes back to what makes a good, like a good character and a good story. It's like seeing those things that are relatable, you know, like the awkward, like that awkward girl, right? We've all been in that situation. So we can all like relate to that and stuff. That's kind of what I what I see. It's just, I don't know. It's just cool. So yeah. So to sum up, like that's a good way to express emotions on the page is to make yeah. sure that the physicality of the individual speaking about people, obviously, if you're speaking about something else, like an alien, we might not know or understand how they do things. And that might be actually make sense in the book that you don't know or that they're behaving oddly in comparison to what they're saying. But in the case of human characters, uh, uh, it, if you make sure that the, translation of what the character is doing is on the page then um the reader will understand perfectly or will have a better chance of understanding what the character is supposed to be feeling yeah and so like long story short i would say yeah it's like awesome to be writing when you're like in an emotional state and it's it's good in two ways one it helps you get all those emotions on the paper and it's like it's good for you right but also i think it makes your writing more genuine Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I see it. It's just true. If you know an emotion, if you're feeling it, yeah. um, sometimes it gets a little scarred or dusty. If you hadn't felt it in a yeah. while, I mean, think about you know if someone's in a very happy period of life, and them trying to write some sad, sad poetry is really hard. So I actually was going through this 
and we're going a little deep here, but I was going through this a week ago, maybe 10 days ago, but how do you feel about feeling feelings? Mm, like do you feeling feelings? Yeah. So do you purposely have a song that you know will trigger you in one way or the other, whether it's a happy emotion, a rage emotion, a sad emotion, whatever it might be. And maybe you know that you need to feel that feeling for some reason. You have this like calling some, towards it. Like, and that feeling can maybe even help you with your writing. I don't know. It yeah, depends. it could be something utilitarian, like, hey, I need to write yeah. something sad, so let me put on sad music. That's a little, that's a very utilitarian way to look at it. it. For me, it was just, I needed to remind myself that there was more than just being alone in my room and yeah. that I could share that with somebody someday. And so I was, I started playing this kind of sad Hawaiian uh, ukulele <laughs> music uh, in the hopes that I, that I would recall how it felt when I was, how the Delta was when I felt like when I was with somebody and now that I'm not. And what's the Delta? Just like describe that to our listeners who may not know what Delta is. Delta's not the, Delta dif the difference. Delta's the difference. The difference. Okay. So, um, so like the the emotional difference, the emotional gap that there is between when you are with somebody that you truly love and you enjoy spending time with and you want to share things with and you're eager to share things with, yeah. and then when you completely do not have that. Mm. And I was in a point in time where I don't know if it was my nth refusal for that week or if it was something else, but it was like, you know, remember that there's brighter skies in the future. I mean, this will happen again. It's happened multiple times already. So I know it can happen again, right? Um, but this feeling of sadness is only the antithesis of the feeling of happiness and love that comes with it, right? The opposite. And so feeling that is something that I can trigger very easily and it reminds me that the good is right behind the corner and that it's there. And that the reason I feel this depth of sadness is because I felt that high of love. And so it was a nice moment for me, kind of in a weird melancholic way that um, there is like a brighter, something's more is coming and I might not know when, but it will. Um, and I just need to like remember yeah and music is such a powerful link to many human senses and memory and now that you bring that up that's actually a great point there are certainly songs when i listen to them that just immediately make me feel sad and down um but also you can there are times in my life when i listen to certain music that doesn't necessarily have an inherent emotional tone to it but having gone through a certain period of my life joyous times terrible times and you hear that music for the first time or maybe you're learning new context for the first time that gets linked in your brain the brain loves connections and i think that's a powerful tool when you're writing you're right i did make certain playlists at one point which i felt reflected certain moods and i would tap into those for some stories i was like i'm not really feeling this kind of downness right now but this character is supposed to be but i can listen to this music that i know i was listening to when i was down and trying to get into that without fully immersing it's like dipping your toes into it because you don't want to feel bad intentionally. Feel most people bad. don't usually want to feel bad intentionally in a normal day there are melancholic times i am guilty of liking melancholy a little too much but for normal writing sessions if i'm motivated to write usually i'm in a normal state of mind and then i'm like i need to simulate this for a bit 
Okay, I'm happy to hear I'm not the only insane one in the room that likes to listen to sad oh, songs. No, no dude, that's <laughs> everyone. Dude. Why do you think? Why do you think? Why do you think Taylor Swift and Adele are so popular, man? Everyone yeah. likes that. Everyone I mean, likes that yeah, based yeah. on their emotion. I mean, yeah, I do. Like when I they're do, going, through I do something. feel sad with listening to some Adele songs. That is very true. It's better to feel yeah. something is what I think most people. Yes, I like feeling feel things. Something. Makes me feel the most human. What about you, James? What's a song that makes you feel sad? Mm. Or what's a recent song that you notice makes you, triggers your emotions in a particular way? Could be sad, could be happy, could be something. Could oh, be happy or something. Mm, I was listening to a song called I Like The Way You Move by, I was listening to this I Like The Way You Move by, I believe it was uh, Outcast. Outcast. Yeah. And I was listening to that song and I'm just like, yeah, man, because, uh, yeah, I, th I was in a similar, similar state with, uh, well, I was looking for like an emotional connection kind of thing. Like yours was sad, but mine was kind of like, kind of like a happy, kind of like upbeat vibe kind of thing, you know? And I just like turned on that music video and I'm like, oh shit this is cool like i like this like i could like and i was trying to get in like the groove of like writing a character who was like you know like a suave cool guy kind of thing and i'm like oh this is putting me in the zone okay okay mm. yeah like i was like writing about a character who's like cool he like can dance real good and stuff like that and he's like a kind of like a player and i'm like okay okay yeah i can feel for this guy yeah, I feel like I'm on the same page. So that's why I like how you brought up music and like puts you into like the zone of like how you want to feel depending on what you listen to. And that's why it's so powerful. Like you ever notice how like when someone's playing a sad song and everyone's like doing well, but someone turns on a sad song, like people are just like, dude, turn this off. Like I'm feeling, I'm feeling sad. Don't, don't, don't play Taylor Swift or Adele or anything. It's like we're at a block party. Like, come on. To balance out James's suggestion of his happy song, uh, it's a very easy answer for me for the saddest song I've ever listened to, and that is Almost Home. I want to say it was by Daniel Craig. It's a country oh, song. You like Daniel Craig? I used to listen no to country a lot. Not so much anymore, but yeah, that song is forever in my brain as like, I will tear up if I hear that song. It's so sad. Uh, I don't recommend listening to it unless you want to feel really, really bad about older maybe homeless people but yeah and i like songs i like songs that are associated with like tv shows that were emotional for me too like i'll watch like a tv show or like an anime or something and there'll be songs in there that are associated with a certain scene and whenever now whenever i hear that song i associate with that scene and the feelings that were in it usually something more on the spectrum of like sad or like there's some completion to like some sort of like big like issue or something like that that was happening in the store or maybe it's romantic something like that but that's like what i uh notice when i listen to a song that's associated with like a movie or like a tv show that i watch it's kind of like a weird example would be like titanic not not so much anymore, but it's like you know that that Celine yeah. Dion song. Yeah, that's too corny. That's too corny. I know, I know. But there are some like whether like anime movie that like I I'll watch that it's like I really liked it, and but then there'll be like uh, music that goes perfectly with that. And now even not watching the movie, but I hear the song, I think of the characters and how they interacted and like what they were doing, and I'm like, oh man, like I'm feeling it now. Yeah, mixed like, media like it. that is amazing whenever the music ties into a character or story yes that's that's peak i when, often think about that for characters when i'm writing i'm like it'd be cool if this character had a theme um i know some writers who actually will find songs to match their characters and listen to that song to get them in the headspace of that character's lifestyle and attitude 
So yes. yeah, use your senses, I guess is what we're trying to say. Use your yeah. senses to your advantage. Go, if you want to write about something and you need to have a sad trigger, try to find a sad song. Or if you need to write something that makes you hungry, try and smell some French fries before writing about them or something yeah. like that. Because you'll feel it. You're like, you'll feel it. Like if you're like writing about a character who's like going through hunger and you're hungry, it's like you'll be fresh insofar as being able to relate to that character. Like his stomach was hurting and he wanted to fucking eat. It's like, You'll be accurate with the stuff that you write. It'll be relatable. Which Can I we think swear is, in this podcast? Have we, yeah, have James, we, are, we, are, are we gonna? Are we gonna have James to like, has done two today. I, I did two. Yeah, we're counting, right? I was um, paying attention. I, I like. I think if it's warranted. Is there uh, is there any particular process that we need to do if we swear in the podcast? We need to like put an R rated or something. E for explicit. explicit. E for explicit. Oh, maybe not we, E for everyone. Yeah, Keep E for mind. everyone. <laughs> for extra cursing yeah no it's um that's interesting food though i've never eaten a meal or food to feel like a character or in the character's headspace well i just think i think smell is one of our strongest emotions too and so smell? food yeah smell is one of our, our closest our closest related uh senses to yeah. our brain really yes Especially to memory. For some reason, I was always thinking hearing and like because of music, no. like because well, of music, and it puts me like it's in so that easy zone. to make music in that way. But it mm. smells are so like there is. They've done a many studies about this, and 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 some that's something I was gonna about to suggest actually. Perfume. We smell each other. Oh, okay. Smell each other. <laughs> Jordan, get off me. Jordan wants get to smell me. each other. Um, Not on this podcast. No, if you use perfume or a specific, or it doesn't have to be perfume necessarily, just a particular smell that you can kind of replicate in yeah. some way or shape or form and study a subject. And oh. every time you study that subject, you put like a candle scented roses or something like that. And then you carry that with you during the exam you will do significantly better on that exam. That is interesting. That's pretty crazy, actually. Because it's all about, like you said, Jordan, it's all about connections and the brain likes to make connections and memory is a very strong connection with smell. So if you have this perfume and you put it on your wrist or something and you smell it as you study and you use that same perfume when you take the exam, chances are you're going to do better because of this mental connection. Now, obviously, it's not 100% proof. You have to do it. You have to be conscious about it. But it's also something you can use for your characters if you're trying to write about a character and you use a perfume or a particular scent for that character. And when you have to write about them again, you reuse that and you keep using that as you go along. Chances are your character will be a little bit more full body and shaped because you'll be consistent. I love the idea of tying a scent to a character as part of the character as well. I know there's some stories that do that. Um, there was this one anime show I can't not remember. I, it was Samurai Samurai Sham, Jack Champloo. Oh, Samurai Champloo. I know yeah. Samurai Jack. And it was yeah. the samurai who uh, I think smells of flowers or something. <laughs> samurai and Jack is not an anime. I'm sorry. It's an animation. It's an animation. I think it's American. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's American. But, but anyway, Jordan, the samurai smells like flowers. Is what I recall them describing him as everywhere he goes, and I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting, distinct character trait is smell. So don't X out. It's like, I think like we always think about like hearing or seeing, but like when we're talking about our stories and like how they, how it's processed, but don't forget to use smell. I like, don't get to use smell. Like maybe your character smells good. Maybe he smells bad. I don't know. But I think it's interesting to add like 
smell in relation to character development? Well, I feel like we use smell already. We just don't actively use it. You know, people like to have a particular smell in their home or a candle or, or have a car scented, whatever. So we use smell a lot. Your car smell. But yeah. we don't we don't actively engage with it because it's such a passive thing. Like, but I like, also taste is the same way. And by the way, taste is like what? 80% of it is smell anyway. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, but you'd still like nibble and have a drink or whatever you do when you write. You're not, you're probably not, not doing anything. Yeah. No, I like that. Like, for example, you're talking about bringing back memories. I like new car smell because the new car smell reminds me the feeling I got when I first bought my car. And I'm like, oh, I like this. This is a good feeling. I hate new car smell hate for exactly smell? the same reason. It reminds me of car? buying a car, and I hate buying cars. You, you, you hate yeah. buying a car. You it's hate. bad debt, man. As a <laughs> guy with a master's in finance, let me tell you, cars it depreciates are bad when you debt. drive it off the lot. What, depreciates. What defines them as bad? Oh, because you drive it off the lot and it becomes worthless. Bad debt implies that you incur debt for an asset that is devalued in time. Mm-hmm. Good debt is an asset that grows in value in time so a house generally speaking is good debt and a car generally speaking is bad debt but recent times uh, i've proven the opposite i see this is also the rich dad poor dad podcast where we talk about (laughs) financial decisions we can have a financial corner if we want probably Uh, not ideal for like our our writers listening Yeah, I don't care about money. I don't think most writers are (laughs) necessarily good at money. Finance. I feel like most writers are probably (laughs) bad at finance. Me being one of them. You're either one or the other. It's hard to. Yeah, you can't be a mathematician and be an author. Well, maybe you could. Maybe Einstein wrote some cool short stories. Ah, I think the author of uh, Alice in Wonderland was a mathematician. Mathematician. What was his name? Damn. Oh, um. Wow. I'm drawing a blank on this. Uh, something Carol. I forgot his name. Yes, it is Carol. Carol is his last name. Uh, it's not Lewis Carroll, is it? That is, that sounds too simple for a guy who wrote Alice in Wonderland. Mm. No, I, I I might be Lewis well, Carroll. I'm looking. Wow, well, Georgia is looking that up. Yeah. Um, the prompts we have today, I will read um, while Georgia is seeking the answer. Let's to take that. a look. Um, so the th- breezy prompt for this week is feel the feels. Feel the feels. And um, it is Lewis Carroll. Oh my Lewis God, Carroll. Lewis yeah. Carroll. I uh. Yeah, Lewis spelled differently than I thought, but yeah. Lewis Carroll. Feel the feels. How do we feel the feels? What are the prompts today, Jordan? Give us the prompts. See, we got the, the prompts, prompts man. are first to set your story in a world devoid of logic where feelings govern all decision making. I feel like I'm living in a world like that, like more and more every day. Modern but, American politics. Yeah. All right. True. Next one. Uh, write about a character who must confess their true feelings by midnight or risk losing it all. Very cliche, but yes, I can, I can see where you're coming from from there. It's a deadline for a decision. Um, it's a good structure to keep things moving. At least you're not going to get lost in time. Um, yeah. The third prompt is write about a character reminiscing over something they should have said and how their life would be completely different had they said it. Another okay. cliche, um, kind of reminiscing a lot about specific moments. I do like kind of the idea about this entire different life from a single moment that has been done before, but it is usually pretty fascinating because they have a, always have a snapback moment. It's like, Oh, that none of that actually happened. This guy's just sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just sad all the time. Um, the next one is set your story in an unfiltered world where people are always honest about how they feel. Ooh, that one could be interesting. So there's no lying. There's not even a no softening lying. of anything. There no is, lying. you ask, does this, do these pants make me look fat? And the people so around you will say, fat. 
no why would you even think that or yeah absolutely but the thing is i would actually uh that world would be kind of cool because yeah sure people would say you're fat but when you receive a compliment you know it's genuine see i try to live my life like that yeah. all my compliments are wholly genuine i don't do are fake genuine. compliments but you never you never done a fake compliment to anybody like i don't say never but i try not i've tried to make a practice not to because I mean, there's some instances that i think like we have to give a fake compliment not to hurt someone's feelings this is true but on the whole i just sometimes stay quiet as opposed to fake because i feel it makes the compliments more meaning i i do give compliments frequently but the catch of that is i mean everyone i won't give a fake compliment or i try not to unless it's like very obviously going to hurt their feelings if i don't yeah like if someone like comes up to you maybe she's um, i don't know like a girl walks up to you and she asks you like hey do you think i'm sexy or something like that but but you know maybe she's 95 years old She's 95 and she's uh, I'll dance around she's about it. 500. That's still not that's she's still 500, 500 pounds in one of those like uh, chairs, like in one of those. Uh, so she's scooters. on a scooter, scooter. one of those and scooters. She, yeah. This 95 yeah. year old, 95 year old, 500 pound woman yes, in a scooter. She has incredible health, to be honest. Yeah. She says, yeah, 95. And, and she this says, I'll run over on wheels. Here. Yeah, yes. Like slowly makes her way towards you. That's the name of the Publix. show, Miracle on Wheels. That's going to make a TV says, show. Right? Am I sexy yeah. to me? And she yeah. asks you in her robotic voice because she lost her voice to smoking. Voice. Oh. Okay. Am yeah. I sexy? Yeah. And you have to make sure to not lie. What are you going to say? Jordan, what is what is what I is honest say, Jordan here going to do? What would you say, Jordan? I what will. Also, I also have an answer. Yeah, I know exactly what I'd say. I've got one word: deflection. Deflection. Well, hey, I didn't even notice you there. How are you doing? Oh my God, no, but she's smart. The conversation. But she's smart. She's like, no, no, don't change, don't change the subject. Uh, uh-uh. I asked you a question. I say, what do you think sexy is? Once again, I'm not thinking about it. I'm asking you to think about it. You know, I learned a very... Sexiness is in the eyes of the beholder. I learned Mm -hmm. a very valuable lesson from Telltale Games. You can always not say anything. People will talk if you don't say anything. There is always an option to just be silent. There are consequences for that. There's that, but most people don't actually know how to handle silence in a, in a straightforward way. So you're able to just like sit in front of someone for like 10 seconds of silence, just like not doing anything. I'd be willing to bet if someone came up to me and said, am I sexy? That if I were not to respond, they would have more to say beyond that question. They would not just turn around and leave without any further <laughs> well, information. Well, a, a very determined woman here. And okay. she's just she's just asking people. She's taking a survey. She's taking oh, a survey. Yeah. About her own physical about looks. her own physical appearance. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. She's very determined. She's got her mind on the prize. I would yeah. I'm a very honest guy. I'll tell her no. Hmm? You're not sexy. I would say you're damn sexy. I'm sorry. Words yeah. are too vague. You're old. You're say. prone to dying of diabetes. <laughs> um, oh my god! You're already living. You're living more in this world than yeah. I. Am. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Your outlook is okay. di- is grim to say the least. You Take can't bear children. What are you doing? Walking around asking people this stuff. You need to find internal validation. Please just roll yourself off a cliff. Oh, I just, oh my God. God. Oh, you're taking this Stop woman down. Stop depriving us of our oxygen. I feel like you have a vendetta against this woman. You probably know her. You, she probably did you wrong James, someday. you've elicited a lot of emotions from Georgia. I did. It's a very did. short story. I you did. Just we crafted. elicited emotions. So in this, is, in this short story is another example of eliciting emotions. Uh-huh. This little short story that we made is actually a good example of eliciting emotions. All of a sudden, 
Giorgio is like, run yourself off a fucking cliff. That's emotion, man. That's emotion. It's lack thereof. I feel nothing for this woman. She no- could she could literally disappear or die in front of me, and I will just walk away. <laughs> but that's like that's not like shocked. That but there I'm is emotion there. Five hundred pound giant. There is emotion there, though. You can feel it. There is emotion there somewhere. somewhere. There's a connection between. There's a connection George between and apathy and emotion. I, I the, think. I mean, is zero a number? Apathy. Is, apathy. Right? I think apathy comes from emotions, from like an overload of a certain type of emotion. Maybe too much anger, too much stress, or something. That's what I think. Like, don't you think so? Like apathy when people just stop caring. Like apathy. Apathy is a byproduct of, of, of the byproduct of emotions. So. But, it itself so in itself could be a type of emotion because it's a byproduct like when i'm feeling apathetic it means that i felt too much of an emotion like maybe too much stress or too much anxiety i'm just like i just don't care anymore so apathy doesn't just happen on its own we're not born apathetic people is feeling emotions battery draining for everyone's Mm. different everyone is different but depending on the emotion yes yeah Mm. i would say that's fair Yeah. yeah i agree yeah, I have characters and it's like they can't take too much too much of a certain emotion or they're just done. Hmm. They're just they're just exhausted. So I would say yes. I I might end up failing that task you have given me. You're this person fail. approaching me. If yeah, they were really yeah, doggedly determined, go. I'd there be like, you fine, you're too old for me. No, sorry, that's not very sexy. <laughs> <They are laughs> you're dogged. four times my but age. Thank you. No, thank, thank you. you. That, that's that's good on you, man. I respect yeah, that. So. I respect that. All right. Let's look at let's look at these prompts. So which right. one? The last one. Sorry. Oh, no, <laughs> Write a story about a character who acts like they don't have feelings, except they're just putting up a facade. Ooh, okay. Okay. I like this. I like that one. I don't know. What are you? Well, we. I think the last two were certainly winners for our I, uh, interest. I, I, I think like my top three are the first one and the last two. First one and the last two. Um, I feel like maybe um, the first one might get a little bogged down in actual real world. You think so? Discuss like uh, guidelines. So yeah. maybe we could go for a little more fantasy with the last. Let's do fantasy. Um, yeah. Okay. So how about, you know, the unfiltered world sounds interesting. That that alone, that one story clearly got a lot going on here. The so. unfiltered world. It's mm-hmm. a good name for a story, by the way. Oh. The unfiltered that world. That is a good that's yeah. also a good band name. The unfiltered un, un, no, world. No, just unfiltered world. I wonder what kind of music they would play. Probably That's like drum alt, circle or something. Like, yeah, or like alt or something. I don't know. All right. Okay. So then, all right, let's do this. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to, can I like uh, add in a character? Is that okay? Sure. Lead us into this unfiltered world, James. Okay. We got a uh, character named Natalia and she is very, very insecure of the way she looks. Hmm. Very insecure of the way she looks. Okay. And this is because in this unfiltered world, people have just perpetually felt compelled to tell her that she doesn't look very good. What she doesn't realize is it's not her. It's what she chooses to wear, which aren't really even clothes in the strictest sense. She enjoys wearing strange items that aren't necessarily good clothing or even look nice like lady gaga kind of thing like <laughs> just like wearing like a bunch of like Kermit the frogs to like a like some sort of emmy thing or something i i think natalia is not even aiming for fashion in a sense natalia just never really understood 
how clothing works. So we find her in things like burlap bags and um, just oh. giant, all informing dresses that aren't any sort of structure or form. These horrible patterns. It's like Natalia just somehow has a sense for the worst possible combination of color and shape when it comes to dressing herself. And this is also like, I'm just going to add something else here. This is like a post-apocalyptic world. It's just like one, like mm. one society. And it's like, you know, like society had to restart. And so the idea of fashion and clothes is just being almost reinvented. So Natalia is just essentially, she, she has a very eclectic view of colors and fashion and it's also a post-apocalyptic world to me it sounds like natalia is just collecting trash and putting it on her body mm -hmm. in yeah. an effort to look more like something than nothing uh but she's emotionally i'm sorry <laughs> no you're right you're right what is she? she's being she's been harassed all her life by these she people saying you by, don't look good oh yeah. yes okay so they the cannot other, lie right, okay gotcha even though the other right the world is apocalyptic because no one can lie anymore so like people started lying or not lying about politics and we just started yes. nuking each other <laughs> yes exactly, exactly. All exactly. politics falls apart that's that's what what happens when you stop lying no. lying is oh. keeping our society together it that's is the, that's the thread that keeps everything together um and so now natalia lives in this apocalyptic post-apocalyptic world where still we are cursed by the inability to lie uh she wants to leave her orphanage of wherever she is or school or pseudo school where she lives yeah and it's a pseudo school she orphanage. wants to find better looking trash that isn't necessarily as colorful as the current trash and all the and kids and all the kids would basically um call would call her trash girl because she would go around picking up the trash and they're like, what are you doing with all of this trash? Like why you look, you look the, scummy. The kids have a, a decent amount of trash. Cause remember this is post apocalyptic. Yes. So no one has anything that value, yeah. but she purposely seeks more trash. So she's just a trash lady, um, constant trash lady, trash girl, constantly hoarding trash in an effort of doing better trash. And she even of, walks around the shopping cart. She'll walk around shopping cart and collect the trash from the other kids she learned this technique from her grandmother which before the post-apocalyptic world was a literal homeless woman who would ride around a shopping cart she stole from walmart and teach yes. her granddaughter about how she could do arts and crafts with doritos bags and uh gatorade bottles and how colorful these all were so she kind of maintained this attitude and habit from her grandmother prior to the world the world collapsing into nothingness uh and now that the world has collapsed she's on a mission to find the best looking trash to be the girl of the ball because every year at the end of the year they have prom and she will wear literally like you said like dresses made out of she'll make her own right? she'll, she'll make she, her early, own. she learned arts and crafts from her homeless grandmother yeah so she wanders out of the safety of her village into this ruinous waste <clears throat> attempting she's half she's hoping to find something that will let her go back but until she does she's not ready to stay in that society and in the process she meets a few other outcasts or just stray people who aren't even part of that village um including a reclusive man who was formerly a psychologist and in this hellish new world Ooh. he realized that he was able to manipulate anyone to tell him anything he wanted and he felt miserable for that so he hid himself away from society until this strange bizarre girl with this 
unresolved problem comes sneaking around his house to steal his trash and he's the head of a, he's actually the head of like a small gang of people called the outcasts he's reclusive but he's like the old man who's like in charge of this little gang that lives very far away from the village and they're all kids they're all kids and he's sort of like the leader of their little group and they sort of view him as like the boss and no one disrespects him but all of a sudden this girl covered in trash goes up and enters their little village meets this old man so the old man uh, knew that he was incapable of surviving in this world on his own. Like he doesn't have the physical traits and abilities to actually fight for food and scavenge and hunt. So he had to do what he could, which in psychology was manipulate. And who can you manipulate? Well, children are the easiest people to manipulate. Therefore, he also, they're what? Therefore, therefore, therefore I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Therefore, they're good at manipulating no one old. else. Oh, no, 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 they're four. Like, those oh, they're four. Four-year-olds. I'm like, wow, very specific. No, 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 some of them, some of them could be four. That's totally oh, true. So he they're manipulates these kids, and he, like, just because he needs help collecting food and water, and he kind of sends them on missions to do so, and James is looking at me. What mm-hmm. what, what do you want to I have an add? idea. Yeah, and go ahead. he's the last person on earth who can lie. And he that's is the why last person. that's because why he could psychologically manipulate himself into lying. No, manipulate the um other like children in this village, like in his little gang. Basically, no, no, no. Jordan is right. the The man has to manipulate himself every morning in a mirror <laughs> so that he can lie to kids, so that yes. he can trick them into getting candy for him. Yes, exactly. And he not is not even candy, like supplies, anything candy he is the candy man oh he likes candy okay so and he has what what is candy covered in wrappers i was thinking very colorful very pretty wrappers and that's why our main character Natasha, forgot her name. Natalia. Natalia. Yeah. By the way, I think a scam account on Instagram just added me, and her name is Natalia. Natalia. So that's trash kind of girl, like a beautiful, beautiful trash Broadway. girl. <laughs> She's like, I'm French and I live in France. I'm like, it's 4 a.m. in France. I don't Ooh, think you're. She actually can still real. lie. Look at that. Apologies to any okay. listeners named Natalia. You're uh, beautiful. <laughs> we do love Natalias, but anyway. So uh, Natasha, Natasha, Natalia. I made Natalia. 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 Natalia um, finds some laffy taffy wrappers and she's like oh look these are all the colors of the rainbow and she slowly finds her way to the cave of the candy man uh who has sent out all the kids to go find more candy today is kit kat day mm-hmm. um and and uh, so he's alone so she makes it inside and obviously there's toys and stuff alike the kids would be attracted to because a bunch of kids live there so natalia is happy to be there and this man who has to convince himself to lie every day will try to manipulate Natalia. And what is going to happen is she goes up to him like she's been going up to everyone else. And she says, hey, do you like my beautiful clothes? <laughs> and what he says is, I love your beautiful trashy clothes. They're very, they're very beautiful and in their own beautiful way. And they're very classy. And you is he are lying. He's lying right now. He is lying. Very elegant. You're very elegant. And she is hooked immediately because no one's ever told her this. And this is what she was looking for, that validation. And he also says, oh, you're beautiful. You're 
gorgeous and elegant with your trashy clothes and the way you carry yourself. And so she, of course, is hook, line, and sinker for this guy. Yep. So unfortunately for him, she is much more interested in collecting wrappers of empty candy for him as opposed to actual candy. So his frustrations with her grow. However, he can't outright outcast her because all these other kids have been very useful to him and they take, they're all useful in a in gang and a family. They take her in and now he's stuck with this freeloader, but the frustrations of it kind of ends up with him paying much more attention to Natalia as it goes. And he ends up giving more and more time to training her to do things the way he wants. Unfortunately for him, a sort of fatherly bond begins to actually emerge and he starts to believe his actual lies that Natalia is actually a beautiful soul that was just misunderstood. And he starts to fracture his own ability to lie because he cannot believe one of his own lies at long last. And what he does is he starts telling the other children that she is beautiful and elegant and all of that. And so all of the children start believing this lie. And so this is the first time in Natalia's life where now all of these people are telling her that her trashy clothes are beautiful and that she's gorgeous. So she slowly becomes this kind of banner of creativity for the school of old man, whatever we're going to call it. Um, and she has an opportunity to present herself and present the school of old man to her old school where she left yes. and show them, Hey, people do like my clothes. People do like my art. I am validated. I have value. And you can't say that I don't like what happened actually is that Rumors started to spread throughout the countryside of this beautiful, beautiful <laughs> Natalia girl and people in her own village eventually heard this rumor. And so, and so basically this legend of this goddess living somewhere in the nuclear wasteland is somewhere there. And when you find her, you're going to find this gorgeous, this gorgeous girl with the most beautiful clothing and just an amazing, uh, an amazing, uh, look overall. And so eventually one of the kids who was the last kid to tell her that she was ugly and unattractive, uh, a boy that, uh, in her village, um, named Andre, he finally sets out because he wants to eventually find a wife and he sets out of the village to look for this goddess hmm. that everyone's talking about. So he ends up following some similar paths. Cause I guess the outcasts aren't too far away from the village. Yeah, because, not too far. You know, it's not a lot of places to go in a nuclear wasteland. But he ends up coming across this much now much older band of outcasts. The old man is near death. Um, the children are all now in their teens. The teens are now young adults. And Natalia is now a young woman who has embraced her eclectic style and finally built up some self-esteem until... The strange boy from her past comes in and sees this whole scene, discovers that the Natalia was his Natalia that he had insulted before, and now he has a very conflicted feeling. She is, in his mind, beautiful as herself, but her clothes are still ugly to him, and he now has to think, 
how on earth can I woo her while also thinking that her <laughs> dress is the ugliest dress he's ever seen without so, lying. So without lying, without without lying. lying. so <laughs> an interesting because he can't lie, right? Right. No, nobody, nobody can lie. Only no the old man. Lie. Only the old he man hasn't who's met losing yet. the ability mm -hmm. to. Yeah. So now you have this schism in reality because he meets this, he meets the other boys and, you know, or the other kids or whatever, or the other young adults. And they talk about Natalia and her beautiful, beautiful clothing and how colorful it all is. And he says, it's ugly clothing. And they say, well, well, no, it's clearly beautiful. So now there's two truths. Suddenly everyone's still telling the truth is just the truth is not absolute anymore. And this breaks the people's minds because there used to be so much absolutism in the previous, you know, years of these kids. And now they, they were used to the concept of everyone saying the truth. And yet someone is saying something opposite of what they truly know. Mm, so basically what you're saying is two truths are created. Well, there has to be. If one kid thinks that it's ugly and all the kids around Natalia think, or kids, you know, young adults, whatever you decided them, their age is, yeah, think it's adults. beautiful. So now suddenly there's true truths. There has to be. Natalia's hometown still thinks she's inept at making clothing and her new town thinks she's great. They put her on the banner. So what, so what she decides to do is go back to her old town and she brings all of these with her old man's blessing. With, with, she with wants, the old, with the old man's blessing, with the old she man's wants to blessing. prove herself and prove to the town that, Hey, I am an artist. I do. You guys misjudged me like a fell when he first built the tower. You misunderstood my art. And that's and his she, parting gift to her as he is still dying. He confesses to her his actual history of having been able to lie all this time until he met her. And gives her the boost that she desperately, even still now, she's she's coming to her own. But hearing this, that he had at one point believed the rest and she had authentically changed his mind, sort of empowers her to realize that you can change people's minds on things, even in this absolutist world. And he tells her the secret that lies actually give you power. Yes, but then she wonders if she wants to be able to lie or not, or if she just wants to change people's minds. And he can tell her, he can give her the skill to lie, but only if she wants it. Mm, and mm. she decides to wait on that and go into town first. She waits on that. And she goes back. And she goes back with this, with, with the kids the, with, and with, with this boy. Well, okay, so the boy is also her age, I'm guessing, right? Yep. Yes, yes. So they're all young adults. They're now. at this point, yeah, young adults. Young so adults. So Steven... I guess. Steven, the not drug dealer. No, Andre. <laughs> oh, no, no, his name's, his name's Andre. His name's Andre. Andre. Right, right, Andre. Right, sorry. Andre. Andre, the small man, uh, takes home Natasha, the trashy wearing woman. Mm -hmm. And Natasha is on a mission to prove that her wrapper dress made of Twix bars and Kit Kats is actually beautiful. Just in time for prom. And that's where we cut the story because that's part two. Okay, the part prom. two is the prom. Part two will be the prom and convincing the townspeople that she is beautiful or seeing if they'll agree with if she's beautiful or not. And I if see. they don't, they might just carry her. Is that a pun? <laughs> they might just carry her. <laughs> I love that. Might just, what do you mean? Just, just carry her. Carry like, at the prom. Carry. That's carry. Movie. Oh, carry. Okay. There's a movie called Carry. Well, yeah, I wasn't actually... There's a lot of ways you could wrap that up. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of ways. There are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that took 
quite a few turns. We have that no did. idea. Um, I, I have no idea where I'm, I was today. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, James carried that one because there was, like, so, yeah, there was some threats where I was like, how? And then you just come out with this like, and this person does this. I'm like, oh, I had a look on my face at one every morning. Oh, you should have yeah, seen my yeah, face at one point. I made like the <gasps> moment yeah, where I, I was like, saw of that. course was, that works. Yeah, no, I thought it was sarcasm for a second. It, I'm like, oh, oh no. See, oh, I don't no. do the ingenuine compliment. Don't do, I don't do sarcasm. Go. Jordan was telling the truth. He doesn't do ingenuine stuff. That was a, no, that was a genuine. It oh, was a genuine. Whoa. I appreciate it. But I appreciate that when, yeah, it's a downside when you can't lie and stuff. But when someone tells you a compliment, you appreciate it more. So that's cool. Exactly. There's okay. different ways. I'm not saying it's the only way, but that's how I do it. All right, guys. How are we at? What's the time? We are like I think we're about out, we're about so. we're about we're about done. One away. All right. That sounds yeah. like a perfect amount of time for me. Perfect. I think we did it, guys. <laughs> yeah. We did it, guys. And uh with that, we'll see you in two weeks. Um signing out. Uh I'm James. I'm Jordan. And I'm Georgia. It's the Jojo Geo podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye.